Welcome to Raising Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Barden, and today our guest is Gregory Petrosian. Gregory is the Director of Sales for SkyPoint, and SkyPoint is an AI platform for senior living operators to help them chat with their data. So Gregory, tell me, what does that mean? What does it mean to chat with our data? First, I'd like to thank you for having me on to this podcast. Appreciate you and Parasol for having me. What does it mean to chat with your data? Now that AI is everywhere in the news and on your phone and social media, what generative AI has done is provide a means of being able to have a conversation with a chat agent, right? And previously that chat agent used to be very deterministic. Like example, you're going to a customer service website or you're on a customer service call and you're like pressing one to go to this tree or I have to give it my name and it's going through a tree of thought. What it means to chat with your data is using a large language model like ChatGPT that understands the context of your business and your business data and your data systems, whether that's policies and procedures that have been tucked away in SharePoint or Network Drive, or you have your data systems in senior living like Point Click Care or Yardi, UKG, Sage, and the list goes on. Having an easy way to ask what is going on in the day-to-day operations and query these systems, that's what I mean by chat with your data and having a natural conversation with that agent. AI is definitely becoming a big buzzword in the industry. I'm starting to get asked about this a lot from our clients and people wanting to know, what does this mean? What's the impact? What do I need to do? And just as a side note, at Parasol, we're working on a white paper about this that will be coming out for everybody. Can we just talk a little bit about what does AI mean? If you don't mind giving us just a general overview and then how does SkyPoint view AI and how do you bring AI to the industry through SkyPoint? Great question. I think if we want to look historically, the definition of AI has changed, right? Earlier, what was AI? It was traditional machine learning models that were able to predict or help score or provide some sort of risk assessment on data. And you had to go through arduous data science and machine learning and training. And this was the days of big data. So then AI went making predictions on here's the data on what I have today. And can AI help predict what's going to happen tomorrow? So what we call predictive analytics. When people are talking about AI today, it typically sounds like they're talking about ChatGPT or generative AI. What is generative AI? We saw the growth and the popularity of large language models. These large language models are the engine to having these very natural conversations. It is the means of how we work with ChatGPT. ChatGPT has large language models that enable it to have a natural conversation with us. And then they've taken a corpus of knowledge or think of it like a library. They took the whole internet fed that library of knowledge to this large language model that can have an eloquent conversation. And now all of a sudden, I can ask questions about this library of knowledge of what's been going on in the world, about history, legal, whether it's legal work or different domains of knowledge. I can now have a conversation and it can help me do things. That large language model isn't just about predicting the future now. 
It's about help me do work in my certain work stream. Help me write this email. Help me write this procedure. And so that's the big leap we've made is now we're not just trying to predict the future. We are actually having AI help in our day-to-day tasks. So that's what generative AI is really helping us do. It's not just being able to analyze what's happening. It's chatting with your data and doing something with your data. And I think that's always the missing piece for people is, well, okay, what can it actually do? And I think that's also what's scaring people, right? It's where you're saying, oh, is it going to take my job? How am I going to be able to pivot in this day of generative AI? And the term I really love to use and what Microsoft is making more popular is this idea of a co-pilot. Co-pilot is there to enhance what you are doing as a human and how you can do it better, faster, more efficient. And so I think this era of co-pilots, this era of generative AI, something is going to help, whether it's senior living operators or beyond, you know, either work with their data and their systems, and then in addition to that, get their work done faster. Yeah, I think you're exactly right that people know it's out there, but they don't really understand what is the impact and how may it possibly change the industry. And I think what we're hearing a lot of is how can it help with workforce challenges, which is the big issue right now in the space is staffing challenges and being able to have alternatives to staffing and ability to find people for staffing. I I don't think that's the focus of what SkyPoint does, but let's talk a little bit more about what SkyPoint actually is and how did you come to get into senior living? SkyPoint as a platform is a means of providing, whether it's senior living operators or beyond, the data and AI infrastructure, getting to the point of having a place where you can land and bring your data, unify your data, and make it consumable for a large language model. So it knows what to do, and you can have that conversation on your business-specific data. Again, whether it's PDFs, audio files, system data that's in tables and rows and columns, how do you make that consumable? You need a backend infrastructure to do that. And I think in senior living, we're seeing a leapfrog moment for operators because a lot of the operators I'm talking to lived in spreadsheets. They've never invested in building a data warehouse or a data lake house. Those terms typically go over their head. And so how do we allow the, how do we accelerate them to being able to have that infrastructure with clicks of a button? How do we provide a fractional data and AI team to help them accomplish and tackle certain business use cases that are going to move the needle for them. Rather than assuming every operator has the same problems and fitting them into a cookie cutter box, the way we approach it is really working in a design thinking process with the operators and saying, okay, where are the places you're spending a lot of manual time and doing a lot of manual tasks? Based on that, what data and what data systems can we bring in? How can we model and mold it? And then now provide a co-pilot experience or a reporting experience for a user that doesn't then have to extract data into a spreadsheet or copy and paste data into a screen? How do we get them to actually making decisions and taking actions without having to worry about that backend process? Can you just walk me through, if I'm a nurse 
what does this mean to me? What am I doing differently than what I do today? I think some of the use cases that I've seen in senior living or long-term care is a nurse is having to wade through tons of different documents as they're looking to admit a patient, let's say, or understand what's going on with this patient. What have they done for the past week? Or what's their care plan? What's their meal plan? And then have to actually put those things together for the resident or the patient. And what the co-pilot can do can be the means of putting together that care or meal plan for them much more quickly, putting together a rough draft. It can look across the different systems, the chart notes, and typically you're getting PDFs, whether it's from the emergency care, like the emergency unit that they had to go see two weeks ago, or, hey, they're getting care from outside our four walls. What happened without the nurse having to go look through all those different charts and summarize it for themselves? So how are we bringing this into their own workflow? Another thing we're seeing is scheduling. If you're scheduling the labor for who is working with what resident for the week, it's also another thing a co-pilot can help with. So just going back to your previous example on the admissions or just sorting through the data of what's going on with the residents, I'm just imagining that what SkyPoint would do, and correct me if I'm wrong, is they would have the ability to go to this AI tool and say to it, give me a history on Mrs. Smith and give me the history of what led to admission. And then it would pull the data from all these different sources and essentially give you that little paragraph of summary of data. And then the same thing would be if they want to look back, maybe all of our clients do care meetings every morning or shift change meetings. They could say, give me a summary of everything that's gone on in the past 24 hours without having to go pull the clinical notes and look at the chart and pull the assessment. That's exactly what I'm describing. And I think in addition to that, think about the communication that needs to happen with the family and how can you more easily put that plan or what's been happening and then communicate to the family more easily. Hey, help me write an email to the resident's family or, hey, a resident's family is asking about a policy or procedure or what's gone on. Can the copilot just write that quick response for me? And so let's increase that touch that we can have and that communication across all aspects of the care. That's pretty amazing. We're all used to doing that on our phone right now. My kids ask me a question. I go to Google and ask Google the question and it comes up with generative AI and gives me the answer. So how does this work? Is it voice activated? Is it an app that sits on their phone or computer? How does that piece work? And then my second part of that question is how do you build this on the back end for a client? What does a client need to have in place to be able to take advantage of this technology? Great question. So the way that end consumer interacts with the experience can be the choice of the operator, whether it's working with ChatGPT or what's now Microsoft is releasing called M365 Copilot. We can also build what's called a custom Copilot with Microsoft's low-code technology called Copilot Studio. And then finally, we have built our own product called our private Copilot, where we can actually white label and deploy a web application with a custom URL for the operator, like copilot.operator.com. And it looks like one of their own applications in their environment. You have different options for that experience and there's different licensing models that everybody has. So we just help bring the right experience and model to the operator. So to go to the second part of the question, tell me what this looks like from an infrastructure perspective. So let's say a client has PCC and Sage Intact and OnShift and Paycom. 
and Sherpa and eChoice Menu. How is this all working together? Do you have to have agreements with each vendor individually? Just walk me through with this, like, how do you build this? Yeah. So what we provide and what our platform truly is, is all the backend infrastructure where data can be brought in and unified. And if a customer has these relationships with all their vendors, they need to ask them for data access. And some vendors are easier and some vendors are more difficult to get that data access. And sometimes you have to pay them money for that data access. And every vendor provides data in a little different way. And sometimes they have different options for getting to that data. And that's where we help as the advocate of the customer. We say, we walk through it and, and talk with all their vendors and ask these questions. Typically, our customers or operators don't have the technical depth to even know what to ask for. So we help them in that regard. And we're building integrations with many of the data systems that they're familiar with currently and have worked with. As soon as you get that access, whether it's through an API, some SFTP, or you're getting just CSV files in some way, we work to automate that data ingestion, bringing that data into that unified backend. And what we have is a pre-built architecture that plugs into that Copilot experience, all the different ones I was mentioning, as well as we're building and massaging that data that could be used for a Copilot or it could be reused for reporting. The way I like to explain it is you wanna build your data warehouse or your data lake house, these data structures in a way that can be used in different modalities, whether it's for generative AI or whether it's for reporting. Build it once and use it across the different ways, whether you're trying to explore data with reports or whether you need a specific answer, like you were saying with your Google search, or you need help with a specific workflow. So we bring all that and put it in a box and with clicks of a button as a customer purchases it, we deploy that infrastructure specifically into their four walls. And that's what makes us different is we are an enabler for data and we help accelerate their path to doing that. Because uh, a lot of my background and experience has been building these things from scratch. There's a lot of work you have to do to be able to even get to the point of being able to bring data in the door. And when we had all these different customers on, one-off builds, it was hard for us to manage and maintain that. So a lot of the value we provide is consistency in how it's built and that infrastructure. So we can more cheaply provide support and maintenance and break fix. We have a fractional team that can support the end-to-end -end data process that gets that data to the large language model or to the report. And that's what we're making cheaper and easier for operators to be able to compete with the larger operators that have the money to build these things from scratch or have data teams. We want to be the easy button for them to be able to get going on these type of efforts. How many senior living communities are you currently working with? Communities don't know the number, but right now we've got four or five operators we have been working with for the past year and a half. And we've got another five to 10 operators that are on our pipeline. So I would say it's still early days for us. And I think it's still very early days for generative AI. And we're really working with the operators that are pioneering and leaning in. And I think that's the difference is sometimes I'm talking to operators they are like, hey, give us to the T the use cases and the things that this works really well for. 
This has only been out for 12 to 18 months. And so we're working with you on tackling the use cases you are seeing and the pain points you have. And so those operators that are you know, wanting to be more on the bleeding edge are the customers we're seeing. Do you ever see potential in the future use case for the residents themselves to have access to this type of tool? Ab- absolutely. And I think... And typically what I'm telling operators is you want to solve this first internally on your internal data and with your internal teams before you start deploying and putting it out there in the public. An example I like to pick on is I was seeing uh, these memes of things like some Chevrolet dealership that had taken their customer service chatbot on their public website and was calling some open AI API and people were using that chatbot as just like a free ChatGPT Pro subscription and asking it things well beyond, hey, what is the price of this model or what is the price of this car or hey, when can I buy it? They were telling you to do its homework, right? Because they didn't put the right guardrails and the right context for it to be specific to what it needed for that dealership. And so that's what we're doing first is there's a lot of training and reconciliation and fine tuning we have to do to make sure that the AI co-pilot is reliably responding. And what we have done with our product is effectively turn off hallucinations. And so you'll get more, hey, I don't have that answer than you would with ChatGPT that's going to make up an answer. And we go through a a testing phase, very, I would say, an iterative sprints or uh, iterative cycles where We want to take a small piece of their data and use case, solve that first, and then start building on that rather than boiling the whole ocean all at once. And so it is an iterative process to get to the endpoint. And you're never really done with your data. And I think that's one thing that customers have to really grok, whether you're doing data warehousing, analytics, business intelligence, AI, you're always building something and iterating on it. And it's never really done because your business is always pivoting and changing. Your data systems are always changing. And so how can you take off, how can you bite off enough chunks that you can actually chew and get through and see value on the other end? Because if you never see business value on the other end is what really kills these projects. So we're very meticulous in what we're going to take on with our customers and operators because we need to see true business wins. I think you're absolutely right that this is definitely very new and it's really exciting to think about this being the future, essentially that we're taking the technology that we're all just getting now on our phones and applying this to the industry at whole. And it's been such a huge gap. Data analytics, data analysis has been such a huge gap in the industry for years and years and there there hasn't really been a great solution. And I almost feel like this is frogging some of the other things like just BI tools, Power BI and things like that. So this has been such an interesting conversation. I've definitely learned a lot. I might have some follow-up questions for you off this podcast, but I do want to ask you something I ask everybody on the podcast before we wrap up. This is all very new and it is the future, but what do you see beyond this even? So after this becomes more commonplace and we start to see more and more operators adopting this, what do you think is next? What I think is the future of AI and AI co-pilots is we're going to see organizations having these AI co-pilots to be specialized within their business. You're going to have a co-pilot that really knows your HR data and your HR processes, that knows uh, your sales and marketing department, 
really well and it's helping them. And so you'll see business domains having these specialized co-pilots helping in their day-to-day, their analysis, their forecasting, and that'll become way more commonplace as reporting business intelligence has been already. What we're going to see as well as the next stage in what co-pilots can do is automated agents actually doing these tasks, having a level of autonomy of, can you work with this resident's family on any of their questions? And it can go and scan, oh, I see this email that came in and I'm going to respond based on you know the resident's information, the context I have. And it's just going to be able to do that more automatically. And so I think, again, that's what's really scaring people is that it can do more and more task-oriented things on its own. But I think we're pretty far away from that. And it's the tasks that's really the grunt work that we don't really want to do or should be doing. And we really want to lean more on the human touch and the human relationship in senior living, actually caring for the resident rather than the administrative back-end, back-office tasks that we are grown to do. Gregory, is there anything we didn't talk about that you think our listeners should know? I think all of this is going to be really new to them. And I think a lot of people will be excited about this, but I just want to give you a chance to say anything else that you want to mention before we wrap up. I think it's an exciting time for operators to lean in to their data. I think it's an exciting time just for healthcare in general, where we can finally realize what we've been saying for so long of being able to provide better care for cheaper price and to really be value-based in how we operate. So I'm excited to see what the next five to 10 years holds um, for senior living at large. Me too. It's it's an exciting time for sure. We're seeing a big shift in the industry and a lot of new technology. And I think it's a great time for senior living tech. Yep. And thank you again for hosting me. So appreciate it. Yeah. So glad you were able to join us. And where can our listeners learn more? Please visit our website, skypoint.ai. We've got blog posts. You can typically find my blog posts or my teams. We have uh, a YouTube where we have tons of content as well, where we teach about AI and other Microsoft technologies. We love being thought leaders and mentors in this space. We do a lot of free trainings as well. Uh, you know, you mentioned Power BI. We do a lot of free Power BI and what's called fabric training and co-pilot training. So check it out and hope to see you at one of our trainings or webinars. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thanks for coming on the podcast today. And listeners, if you would like to give us feedback on this episode or find more of our episodes or give us any ideas or topics for future episodes, you can find us at RaisingTechPodcast.com and you can find us on all the social media at Raising Tech Podcast. Thank you for listening.